0: Not only a virtuoso baroque trumpet player, in addition to playing other instruments, Justin is also a countertenor, and so we talk about these other aspects of his performing life. And I've never really thought a lot about how tonal keys can have an effect on performance and why composers choose certain keys, so it was very interesting to hear Justin's thoughts on this. We end our discussion about possibilities of interpretation of the Haydn trumpet concerto. Well, one thing we haven't talked about thus far is you do a lot of different things. And so I'd just like to sort of ask you questions about the different things you do. So tell me, describe the challenges and satisfactions of modern trumpet. We'll start with that first and then we'll get into the more specific
1: things. So I still play some modern trumpet. Like these days, I don't play nearly as much as I did when I was studying because, you know, I've kind of made a niche for myself in the Baroque world. But I, I find that you know so now like the baroque trumpet is kind of like my main trumpet and i kind of have to work on like my modern playing if i have to do something um you know significant i i mean most of my teaching actually is on um modern trumpet so i actually you know i play modern trumpet every day technically because i teach almost every day um these days uh, so i'm still um in touch with the instrument and you know still working on it but it's definitely taking a smaller portion of my time than uh, my work on on my historical instruments and now like you know trying to to work more on no holes playing for for things and then also uh, working a little bit more on key trumpet these days so I'm kind of it's, it's quite a bit of uh, material to practice on different instruments but um, so I'm still you know still working some on modern trumpet but it's not getting nearly as much time as it used to
0: but when you started out on modern trumpet you actually you were play, even playing some shows weren't you
1: i mean yeah like in high school i did a, like a little bit of of kind of show things and you know kind of doing a lot of different things uh, not just you know focusing on like orchestral playing or like one thing but kind of trying to get exposure to a lot of of different things so and especially you know like doing that during my undergraduate i had a lot of time and i, I was really super excited to actually get to study. So I was just like very enthusiastic about doing as much as I could. And it did, it did take a lot of time, but I, th- I think it was, you don't know, especially when you're kind of in that environment, it almost doesn't feel like work. It feels, it's just so pleasurable to, to do all these different things. So I never thought about it as, uh, work in that sense. And even now I don't really think about uh, what I do so much as work.
0: Yeah, if your vocation is your vacation, I think you've got a pretty good life. Well, we've talked about Baroque but What about recorder? We haven't talked about recorder yet, so you play recorder also.
1: I do. So, I, you know, you first pick up recorder, like, in, in grade school, I think third grade. So that's, like, when I first picked it up. And it kind of just never went away. That's kind of, I just kind of continued playing it. Of course, when I started getting more into historical performance, like, really trying to understand a lot of these things and then of course the the idea of articulation um, kind of comes into play and it's a really interesting instrument it's so in terms of the the technology is relatively simple but it's so difficult because of its simplicity in terms of like the lack of keys for example you have all these cross fingerings so you naturally have this built-in strong weak kind of thing where you have some notes that are going to be more powerful so you have a lot of these cross and forked fingerings that you get uh, because of the, the lack of keys. So keys kind of solve those issues. So when you have these forked fingerings, you, get, you tend to get uh, notes that are weaker. So you actually learn how to kind of deal with that. And I think those kind of things, when you have an instrument that kind of has those principles, uh, it kind of helps understand the music better you can understand you, you don't write necessarily in a key just because it's easy sometimes the difficulty is because of those forked fingering so you get actually a different color with that key uh, which is actually you know this this thing that's, that's very common to think about key characteristics where composers actually uh, thought about like a key having a certain character um, so for example like f being pastoral, like a, a common one or like for example c and d being both uh, majestic in nature. So you kind of have these different things that are kind of emphasized with the instrument. I think playing recorder really helps me think about that because of just the technologically simple design of the instrument.
0: So, for example, Beethoven writing his sixth symphony, the Pastoral Symphony in F, that was probably why he chose the key because F was more of a pastoral type color would you say
1: yeah I mean it's a it's a number of different factors so the key itself uh, with the the tuning you know uh, the tuning system is completely different so we don't have like equal temperament back then where all of the keys are have the same interval relationships between the semitones uh, so I mean that has the advantage of allowing for modulations that are easier and to play more distant chords um, but when you have a, ten, a tuning system where um, a certain key sounds actually different because of just the tuning. Then you get certain associations. So there's that aspect, but then you also have the, the aspect of the instruments that are used in those keys. So for example, C and D are more majestic because, in part because of the fact that those keys are quite comfortable for the trumpet. If you crook a trumpet in C and D, is going to play, it's going to be easier to play. And then F is quite an ideal key for for example horn Um so you have that and also recorder the the alto recorder is an f instrument so that key actually works quite well for that so you have you know a lot of different reasons why those keys have their associations and f yes it is a pastoral key so that you know you have the horns in that and they actually have quite a prominent role in that symphony so that you have those as partial reasons why, why F major makes sense for um, such a pastoral symphony.
0: Here's a question for you about just intonation that I just thought about. And that is, <laughs> one thing that I love is is if, for example, if you're in D major and you hear a D major chord just with the trumpets, it's so great to hear it in tune. You could have those with piccolo trumpets, but the sound quality is a little bit different because the person playing the third has got to lip the third down a little bit. And on the Baroque trumpet, it just lays right there. What are the challenges that you would have playing a baroque triple? Let's say in D major, you end on the final chord and you have the third, which is naturally, you know, low around fourteen cents maybe. But then, how do you? How does that work with the violins? Because the violins are not tuned in terms of just intonation, are they? For that particular key? Because if let's say if you're doing the B minor Mass, the violins are playing in a, in a myriad of, of, of different keys. Yeah. So how would that work? Just
1: compromising or listening? Yeah, like listening. I I think like even like something like the trumpet shall sound. You know, that uh, a very common uh, type of thing. And like when I play the violins, generally just know that their F sharps need to be a little bit lower when they play. So it's like I mean, and then you have the fact that of course you have the open strings which have their you know you tune those, but you have a lot of flexibility on the instrument, so you can actually you know use your fingers for most notes actually any note besides when you are required to use an open string so you actually do have the flexibility and it's about kind of listening um and but like a lot of times when you play in certain keys they'll like especially with the historical players they'll they'll understand and they'll make the adjustment when they're playing like for example with trumpet
0: But if you're playing in a modern group with, um, modern instruments and you have a modern piccolo trumpet, will you then try to play a just third, for example, a little bit lower? Or I, I will, will I will, like
1: I'll actually, like when I play piccolo trumpet and I'm playing, for example, in concert D, I like to finger all of my, my concert F sharp. So all my A's, I like to finger those three. So they uh, sit a little bit lower. Um, for example, so I actually do tend to try to have those chords because they, they do sound better. Um, if you have lower thirds, you get a, you'll get a pure chord. And I tend to go with trying to, to do that even when I'm playing modern.
0: Ed Tarr used to play, uh, when he had to play piccolo trumpet, he would, um, quite often he'd use a B flat piccolo trumpet instead of an A piccolo trumpet because the, the high D would be an E for him. Uh, and he was always concerned that if he played F, it would go a little bit too high. And I guess that would mean that the third would be the G sharp, which also maybe you don't have to work as hard to get it down.
1: I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I do prefer the uh, playing the F on the A side of the piccolo trumpet. It, it definitely will have a tendency to go high if you're not thinking about it.
0: Well, okay. so And now you you said just sort of recently, perhaps, you've been playing uh, or learning the Climino uh, you know, trumpet for the Haydn concerto?
1: Oh yeah. So the, the key trumpet is, I, I was actually supposed to play this concerto May 2020, but then it got canceled. So, but I bought the key trumpet of like a few years before so I could kind of prepare for this. I think I'm supposed to be playing it this year. Right now it's in June, but it's probably going to be moved to December. So now I'm, I'm also working on preparing that. Uh, which is kind of a beast of an instrument to play really well, but it's a lot of fun.
0: And the mouthpiece, is that quite a bit different?
1: Yeah, so I have, it's a bigger, deeper mouthpiece, uh, but it still kind of gives a nice bright sound, which kind of works really well with the the key when I'm playing key trumpet. It kind of allows it to feel natural because, you know, you're going to have those timbre differences when you open the keys uh, naturally, and it kind of just makes it work really well, The the kind of mouthpiece that I have. And if you were
0: going to play that on, let's say, an E flat trumpet, a modern trumpet, would you phrase it differently than you would play if you were going to play it on a keyed trumpet?
1: I've been thinking about that because I, when I have a student, like I, I'll try to try to kind of get them to kind of do it that way, a little bit more historical. Because now that I actually have a keyed trumpet, I can. I mean, like I understood conceptually that these notes are keyed, so they're going to sound a little bit different. But now actually understanding exactly what I have to do on a key trumpet. If I ever get asked to play it on a modern trumpet, I would, I would definitely try to think about the phrasing and the kind of approach that I use on key trumpet. Just like when I, if I have to play something on piccolo trumpet, uh, like a Baroque piece, I'll kind of think about what I do on natural trumpet. I think it definitely kind of influences the way um, that I approach the piece and the way that I kind of think about it, understanding what the original instrument was able to do well. And what kind of actually took a little bit more work. Some of the kind of things that we don't necessarily think about um, because of the the relative ease compared to the historical instrument of like using a modern instrument.
0: Let me ask a couple of, this is really, really going into the weeds. Uh, if you don't mind, let me just ask you for your take on a couple of things that I've thought about and I don't have an answer, but um, we'll start with the first moment. The the first three notes that the trumpet plays uh, are with the strings, and a lot of trumpet players, modern trumpet players, will play those loud as though they're making a statement. But the strings play soft, and they they slur the first two notes. And in terms of phrasing, another thing that makes that actually even a little bit more interesting or complicated is that there's a suspension on the third beat. So the third beat of the first measure, when the trumpet comes in, or the beginning of the piece, there's a dissonance. So, I mean, how how would you figure that out? Do you have a set way of doing that or are you open for different interpretations or what are your thoughts about that?
1: Well, I'm definitely open up for different interpretations, especially since I haven't actually gotten a chance to play this with a historical ensemble yet. Kind of figuring out how it works. I mean, there are a lot of interesting things about this particular concerto, but like thinking about, you mentioned how the strings and the softness of the strings, if you actually think about the key trumpet it itself is, is much softer. And actually, uh, we don't really have Weidinger's instrument. Um, but the writing, uh, implies that this instrument was relatively soft by the amount of doubling that we have in this, uh, concerto as, uh, like in comparison to like Hummel, where it's a little bit less. Uh, so the suggestion is that the, the instrument was relatively weak and it needs to be a little bit more supported. So, I mean, I would definitely, for example, try to think about that. In my approach so not necessarily trying to to be too loud because the instrument itself especially when i'm playing the the historical instrument is not going to be as loud anyway and it's more of a, a sound that kind of blends i think more with the the orchestra I think about a concerto being more of, we have this contrast between the soloist and the orchestra, but it's not necessarily that the soloist, I mean, of course, the soloist is, is prominent, but it's kind of this relationship between the two entities, and it's not necessarily about the, the soloist being louder, but how the soloist interacts with the, the group. I, I think it's more of kind of a partnership rather than being dominant. And so, for example, in, in that particular kind of phrase, even that, that second note well, for E flat trumpet, the D, that's a key note. So that's also going to be weaker than. So you're going to have strong, weak, strong for the CDE anyway. So like even kind of thinking about the fact that the second note is going to be a weaker note is going to influence. You You can't play it nearly as loud as the other notes naturally. And you can, of course, you can force it, but you, it's not going to sound natural to do that. So, So this is hypothetical, but... If
0: let's say suppose like Haydn wrote that concerto today and he had the modern instruments, where the second note was a strong note, just as strong as the other notes, would you phrase it differently then, considering that there's a, a dissonance on the third beat? than if you were, if you were doing it with um, keyed trumpet,
1: it's hard to say. I mean, if he wrote the same music, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be. I mean, it's so so many different factors. I mean. Part of the the interesting thing about this concerto is the fact that it was so revolutionary in, in a sense of the fact that these notes don't exist. So like the fact that even having that second note is going to be a shock uh, to the audience of the time. So I mean like the the mindset is going to be completely different. It's a very hard question to answer, and it's it's hard to say that if Haydn were here, if he would actually have written it the same way because of that. I mean it's specifically with this concerto because of the fact that it's a new instrument. But I mean I would definitely try to to kind of answer the question a little bit more um, I would try to make something of the dissonance um, because it is a special kind of thing so I would find some way to emphasize that having that suspension there whatever means I might do with that modern instrument
0: well, so here's another uh, then, I guess, a dissonance uh, question. In the second movement, with the opening theme that the trumpet plays, the third measure, the end of the second measure going into the third measure, going into the fourth measure, you have ties from the weak beat to the strong beat, you know, from six to one and from three to four, et cetera. And And on those beats, um, there are again a dissonant. there is a dissonance in the harmony but i think that the tide note like on the weak beat i think it has a like a forzando or some marking that implies that that should be played with more emphasis would you go with the more emphasis or would you go with the harmony or is there a way you could do both
1: i'm just trying to think what i'm doing like i definitely kind of put emphasis on the note itself because it starts in a weak part of the bar and i think it's really interesting. To kind of emphasize that but then i kind of still i think I, I i naturally kind of put a little emphasis and then i kind of lean into the distance a little bit afterwards so it's kind of like a sforzando piano with a slight crescendo so i can get a little bit more of the distance that's what i kind of naturally lean to with both of those those things with the fact that you kind of have like a, a built-in syncopation but then as going into a distance
0: what's interesting to me is modern trumpet players or people that just play the modern instrument Quite often, players tend to be so involved with technique and where's your tongue position and this and that, or or what kind of mouthpiece do you use? And very rarely are musical concepts discussed to any any depth. And it seems to me like people who play the old instruments have a far greater knowledge of, of what they're doing and are perhaps exploring more, Um, that's a really generalization and maybe you shouldn't even respond to it (laughs) because I I would be the guilty party here. But does it sort of seem that way to you?
1: I mean, I mean, that's, I would say, I would actually agree for, I mean, like, in a general sense, yes, of course, now that we have so much more knowledge and we have this historical performance practice movement of course more people even people who are primarily playing modern instruments are exposed to more of this thing so of course there's more flexibility in people's thinking but I would say that especially people who haven't been exposed to this you know of course if you're kind of coming from this school you're kind of thinking about all this technique and you're not necessarily kind of thinking about that kind of in-depth kind of approach to like getting this more historical phrasing Because you're kind of thinking about it as a modern instrument, especially like we're coming back to this Haydn, or concerto, because it's such a, a popular standard piece. But because of that, for example, it's used for orchestral auditions. And I remember trying to when I was doing more auditions, I never did a lot, but I did some and like trying to figure out kind of having this debate of how do I play this? Will the committee even care if I do this historical phrasing, or should I like just completely avoid it and try to think more like a modern player? It's like kind of one of those debates I've been having when you're kind of preparing something like that. So it's definitely something that I've given a lot of thought and I do think that it's really interesting, but I, I mean I definitely agree in a general sense that people don't think so much about that. But I think it's just because of, you know, training and trying to get, you know, this idea of perfection so you're not necessarily thinking about all of those kind of things and and the idea of you know consistency and trying to play it for example like why is this piece being asked for are you trying to show that you can play consistently or are you trying to show that you can play stylistically is is quite a an interesting and tricky debate and kind of like especially in like a situation like that trying to figure out like if a committee would appreciate a historical approach or if they would frown upon it. And I guess it depends on who's sitting there and in in that kind of situation.
0: In the bonus room, I asked Justin how a student could get started on the Baroque trumpet, the role social media has played in his career and where he sees himself in 10 years.